This is the Gambling Gauchos. I'm telling y'all right now, the country's gonna find out. Everything runs through Lubbock. Everything runs through Lubbock. Somebody turn on some damn music! Listening to the Gambling Gauchos. Talking Texas Tech. Betting on the Big 12 and beyond. We've got everything you need money lines, memes, and matadors. Well, you want to quit, Ethan? That'll be the day. Now, here's Kyle Jacobson and Rob Bro. The money line matadors, the casino cowboys, the parlay picadors. You see, in this world, there's two kinds of people, my friend: those with loaded guns and those who dig. You dig. With the gambling gauchos. Oh, and one more thing: it's all West Texas. It always has been. Welcome into the Gambling Gauchos. I'm Rob Bro. He's Kyle Jacobson. The fastest man in Lubbock. Kyle, how you doing tonight? Good, man. How are you? Good to do. Uh, did you miss me? Haven't seen you in person in a while. It's been a while. I'm glad to be back little, in the lab with you, man. A little bi-week action. We're on Zoom last week. It's just not the same. It's not the same as being inside of Cardinal right. Studio. Cardinal Studio, Cardinal Sports Center Studio. Uh, you can go to Cardinals if you want in Lubbock or in Plano. We we prefer the Lubbock one, but we live here. If you live in Plano, you might prefer that one, or you might prefer to come all the way down to like a Texas Tech game, stop there, buy some Texas Tech gear, gear up for the game, head to the game. And then go back to Cardinals and celebrate a win with more gear. Or if you live in Saigon, shout out to the Parlay Picadors. It's true. You can shop online and get something shipped to you. And, hey, if you want some help shopping at Cardinals, you want a $20 gift card, join the weekly Big 12 Pick'em contest that we do with Doe Goes In. And if you win, you'll get $20 off your next purchase at Cardinals Sports Center. It's very exciting. I keep trying to log into this uh, thing we're doing so I can chat with people, and uh, it doesn't work. It doesn't work anymore. You might be getting some... Anyways. Um, lots of things happening last week in the Big 12 and, and various sundry ways in and out of the Big 12. We talked about that on the After Dark um, but is there one thing you learned last week, maybe as it pertains to Texas Tech, because we did not focus on Texas Tech much, that you really believe now moving forward from last, like from the bye week, you, you get it over, you're moving forward. Is there something you learned last week about Texas Tech? Are you familiar with the Monty Hall problem? Yes. Let's make a deal. Yeah. Yeah. Can I run through it for our listeners? Sure. Monty Hall was a game show host back in the day. And a common segment 
he would offer the contestant a chance to win a free car, and he would show them three doors. Behind one of the three doors is a brand new car. Behind the other two doors is a goat. All you have to do to win the car is pick the correct door. Can we agree, Rob, when the when Monty Hall tells a contestant, take your pick, that you have a one in three shot of being correct on that initial selection? Yes. Here's the twist. Uh-huh. Let's say you pick door number one. You say the car is behind door number one. It's a brand new car. Monty Hall, he's going to spice things up a little bit. Uh-huh. He says, okay, you pick door number one. I'm going to show you what's behind door number three. And he reveals to you that a goat is behind door number three. He says, now, Rob, you chose door number one. Do you want to stick with your selection or do you want to switch to door number two? Now it's 50-50. I've got something good. Wrong. You don't know the Monty Hall problem. Go ahead. Most people would stick with their original selection, door number one. Right. Whether that's due to fear of, there's some kind of logical fallacy where people are more afraid to screw up by changing their course of action than they are to keep the way things are. It's kind of like the instinct that would, if you're not super happy with your girlfriend, you'd be like, well, at least I know what it's like, and so I'll stay here rather than try to date the other girl. But mathematically, you have a two-thirds chance of getting the new car if you switch to door number two. And PhDs in math argued this, and they thought it was 50-50, and it's not. Well, there's two doors. Because we agreed, when you made the initial selection, you had a one in three shot. So the other two doors combined had a two-thirds chance of having the new car behind it. Right. Now, the game show hosts, he changed the equation by eliminating one of those doors. So now all two-thirds of that probability shifts to the remaining door that was not selected and that he didn't reveal had to go behind it. But most people misunderstand that. They think it's 50-50, and they just stick with their gut, where they could double their chances from one and three to two and three by switching doors. Can I guess where you're going with this? Sure. That Baron Morton is the third door? And that you now have a 66% chance of being successful if you go all in on Baron Morton? Basically. Okay. And it's not a perfect analogy, but I've heard you talk about this on the Raiderland. The coaches at the start of the season, they had certain information available to them. That was Tyler Shuck's tape. It was off-season workouts. It was Donovan Smith's tape. Until Stillwater, we did not really have real Baron Morton game tape. Right. We had the one drive from last year. We had Murray State when he was playing with the threes. Yeah, there was Oklahoma State tape where it's it's 23 to 0 in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Right. And so you've been debating is it right for the coaches just to go back to their default? Well, Shuck won the job out of camp. And so let's roll with Shuck. My argument is that the entire equation has changed since that point. You've played six games. Shuck only played for one quarter of those six games. Donovan had about what he had last year, four or five starts, I think with pretty comparable results to what you had last year. And you have a very small sample size of Baron Morton, whereas it's still kind of a mystery what's behind that door. You think it's good. The first sample size you did get a taste of looked good. But I hope that the coaches don't say, well, let's ignore all the new information that has been given to us since we named Chuck the starter in the summer. Right. And I hope that they're bold enough to make the change because I think it will increase your odds of being successful. Now, there's no guarantee that Baron Morton winds up being a new car to any greater extent than Shuck or Donovan would be. But 
I think the bold decision that increases your probability of having a higher long-term ceiling as a program is to stick with him permanently. And I hope that they do that rather than saying, well, we named Shook the starter out of camp. Let's go back to him. Or, well, Donovan's more experienced. Let's go back to him. Make the switch. Get the new car. There was a lot of conversation this week and last week about last week being the, the off week. The Sorry, the open date. Shout out, Don. Sorry, Don. Um, about, you know, uh, who's the starting quarterback? What, what, why, won't, why won't McGuire just name a starting quarterback? What's going on? Well, in my opinion, he has named a starting quarterback. He told us flat out that if Tyler Shuck was healthy, he'd be available to play. Then he said the best quarterback's going to play. And then he said Baron Morton's got most of the snaps. Donovan's got some of the snaps with the ones. To me, those three sentences together means, in Joey language, which you have to learn with a new coach, and I understand that. Baron Morton's the starter against West Virginia. And I think if you go week by week, you go week by week. But... In my opinion, Baron Morton, he's already said that he's going to be the starter, and I I agree. He's taking door number three. Might not be the conventional move. Most coaches, I think, would go back to the senior who has the most experience, who has, well, I guess by now Donovan might have more snaps under his belt. He does. Who won the job originally out of camp, because that's the conventional pick. Yeah. The same reason why most people stick with door number one. By the way, people are going to listen to that segment who aren't familiar with the problem. They're going to think I'm stupid. Google it. And there's YouTube explainers. I know it's weird. I didn't believe it either that you had a two-thirds chance by switching. Well, because he, offers, because he offers you to switch, you, you have to think that – is that part of it? You have to think that he's – he knows. He right. knows and he's offering you a chance to get off the good prize because they want to keep the good prize for the next person. Basically. Or it's or it could be reverse psychology. Right. And so people say, well, no, he's trying to get me to switch. So I should stick with the bad option, which is staying with what I picked originally. So all that to say, and you've also, I know your take on, well, Baron Morton's a redshirt freshman. He's going to take his lumps. Yeah, that's true. I tweeted that after the very first drive in Stillwater. I was like, that was really impressive, but he's going to make that's mistakes. That's my take. Because every quarterback is going to make mistakes. Oh, that's my take, yeah. Yeah. And so you've taken lumps with Donovan. Yeah. You've taken lumps with Shuck. Yes. So if Baron Morton starts and he throws two touchdowns and two interceptions, being like, oh, well, let's go right. back to Shuck. Well, no. Right. Quarterbacks make mistakes. Right. It's like my my Blake Shapin take. Like, he's having a great half. He makes one bad play. Nobody's, like, trashing me for the Blake Shapin looks good tonight because he made one bad play. Right. Like, yeah. It's a brutal play, though. It, it was. But he also had some really good throws mixed in there. So, yeah, if it's Morton, I'm not going to change my mind if he has a bad game. Like I've said, he's the future. Just commit to it. And if right. there are lumps, if there are greater lumps than you would experience with Donovan or Shuck, I still think it's worth it in the long run. Yeah, and, and what is a, a greater lump than what Donovan gave you, which is, you know, three picks with a pick six? I mean, that's that's the floor right now, right? A lot of negative plays, the sacks. We've, we've talked about that. So I I just we've seen Shuck throw a pick six, we've seen Donovan throw a pick six. 
I'm not going to finish that because I don't want to jinx anybody. But again, um, I don't think West Virginia is better than Baylor 10 out of 10 games. I think it's probably a 64. Baylor probably wins those six out of 10 times. Um, but Baylor had four turnovers. So if you're going to play, if you're going to play a Big Twelve game, you have to take care of the ball. Well, and, and West Virginia's defense—they don't stop anybody. Right. If you look at on a per play, per drive, per possession basis, they're dreadful, like triple digits, in a lot of those, or ninetieth. So the only way, really, to lose to West Virginia, I think, is if you stop yourself, if you stall out and kick a field goal, if you turn the ball over, if you take negative plays like sacks. They're not going to stop you from getting yards. So as long as you can efficiently do that and turn that into seven instead of three, I think you'll score a lot of points. Now their offense, flip side of that coin, I think West Virginia does have a good offense. You've got what seems to be, a, I think, middle-of-the-pack defense. The numbers might not show that quite yet. They might show you lower half of the conference, but you've played some of the better opponents to this point. Well, even so, I mean, who's the best defense in the Big 12? Kansas Iowa State. State. Kansas State or Iowa State? Kansas State. State. It, Iowa State's given up 13 touchdowns in seven games. Uh, you've given up 19 touchdowns in six games. So that does seem quite a bit worse there. Do you know how many Kansas has given up? Oh. 26. Yeah. Oklahoma's given up 29 touchdowns. West Virginia's given up 25 touchdowns. Uh, Oklahoma State. 21 touchdowns. So are, are you worse? Are you better? I think you're on par with the middle of the conference, which would be Oklahoma State, TCU, uh, Texas Tech, and Baylor. And then good defenses. Texas has given up 15 touchdowns in seven games. Iowa State 13 and seven, and Kansas State 10 and six. You've also forced the most field goals, which probably is indicative of a little bit of bend but don't break, but also just the awful field position you've put your defense in. Yeah, sometimes that's a three and out. That's not even bending. Right. Like if you if they start like NC State on that muff punt, they started with the ball at the 12-yard line. You give up three, that's as good as you're ever going to do in that spot. Unless they shank the field goal or turn the ball over to you. But I think on a per-possession basis, you're giving up a hair more than three points per possession. So to me, any drive that ends in a field goal is actually helping your average, and you can win games giving up three points per drive. Do you want to guess how many yards per play West Virginia's given up? Oh, six and a half? 6.1. Okay. And, and you're not too far behind at five and a half yards per play? Um, but TCU and Oklahoma State also give up five and a half yards per play. The best defense in the Big 12 yards per play is Texas. 4.8. They, I'm going to move this to conference only. They got a shot to play OU without their quarterback, though, which that game was yeah. a disaster. Yes, I'm not saying was. they don't have a good defense. I think they do. When I think, But that skews I, it a little bit. I think they really woke up. I'm not saying they laid an egg in Lubbock. I thought they played well, but they played better against Alabama and West Virginia, in my opinion, both offensively and defensively. I'll say that, too, to West Virginia's defensive stats. I don't think Hudson Card is a bad quarterback, but they played Hudson Card UT, not Quinn Ewers UT, like OU and Iowa State, which Iowa State 
they played a really good game on that side of the ball. But yeah, I we'll get to our picks later. I'll spoil one. I love the over. It's um it's trended down significantly since the open. And I don't think either defense has really shown a ton of ability to to keep an offense like they're about to face to twenty something points. So I think it'll be a game played in the thirties, maybe even the winning score in the forties. So yeah, I'm I'm really I'll be disappointed if you don't pretty well torch them. And and if you lose a shootout, nobody's gonna be happy with that. But if you lose because you scored twenty one points, that's a bad performance by the offense. Yes, you need to score thirty four plus for what me are, to feel good about it. What are your thoughts on the defensive line and the offensive line looking better through the back half of the season because you're not playing? top teams every week because I think we could both agree that even though West Virginia is a is a big 12 team with big 12 talent they're not Oklahoma State's front seven and in offensive line they're not Kansas State's front seven and offensive line they're not Texas's front seven and offensive line I think there's something to that and you hope that you're improving within the season I mean there's something to be said for a guy like Monroe Mills in the Houston and NC State games, he's getting his first two games of live action. Now he's had six, well, besides Murray State. Right. Now he's had six games under his belt. And so there's something to be said for settling in. You're not going to make a huge leap in season. That's what the offseason is for. But yeah, and as the play callers are learning the strengths and deficiencies of their units and maybe scheming around it, play calling around it, I would hope that you'd see some improvement there. It, whoever the quarterback is, if they have time to throw, you should shred West Virginia's secondary. And obviously, we're a pass-first offense. We've thrown the ball a ton against every opponent we've played. Right. This should be a huge statistical passing game, and if it's not, there's a problem. West Virginia per play in Big 12 play against Kansas and Baylor. And I was... Texas. No, no, no. Texas, that's right. Hudson Card, Texas. 7.4 yards per play. Allowed? Allowed. Yeah, because they, they played Virginia Tech, who's one of the bottom eight or ten teams in the Power Five. Yeah. Probably. So that's just conference only, 7.4. And they've given up 17 touchdowns to Big 12 opponents. 485 yards per game. Uh, Texas Tech, though, defensively 440 yards per game. 12 touchdowns given up. And six and a half yards per play. They have a pretty good um, rush defense, West Virginia. Mm-hmm. I mean, Baylor completely abandoned the run and were just throwing it in the first half. Yeah. Early. Well, and they. I mean, that just was the game plan going in that they were just going to throw the ball. Shapin had, what, 15 yards per attempt? So, so why yeah. would you try to run it? I mean, I think they ran it to keep the defense honest, but they weren't trying to sustain drives with the run. I mean, they got everything they needed throwing the ball. So, and that's where as bad as you've been running consistently, whoever's been the quarterback, Baron or Donovan has thrown it, you know, 45 plus times. So I don't see you going away from that at all. So maybe you kind of neutralize the one thing they're good at, because that's not part of your identity. You're not going to try to run the ball anyway. Right. I mean, if you were a balanced attack where you said, like, well, we don't want to have to throw it 40 times, but we will if we need to, that'd be different. But you're not 
you're not really trying. You haven't committed to the run anyway. So as long as you don't fall behind the chains, I hope that, like I said, you should be able to shred them throwing the ball. I mean, if you don't, you're kind of one of the first teams that would struggle in that department. I think that this is a good matchup. You like to pass. They don't defend the pass well. They are adequate offensively. Um, their numbers are better than yours points-wise in the Big 12. But again, you've played three of the top four, and they've played three of the, the bottom in one of the top four. You've played two out of three conference games on the road. They've played two out of three in Morgantown. Right. And and again, Baylor, um, just like Texas Tech, Baylor lost the turnover battle and lost the game. Yeah, some and, of those were and, really deadly, like in the red zone turnovers. Yeah, the same as the, the Texas Tech game in, in Manhattan. I thought you lost that game because of the turnover battle. And uh, the same with um, Oklahoma State, though I don't know that that had as much to do with it. Do you think there's any... Do you think there's any, like... Let me think of how to say this. Uh, Neil Brown obviously is defeated against Texas Tech as a head coach. Yeah. Um. Do you think? Do you think that's there? I mean, is there something special for him to come here and try to win? Uh, like, is he getting more juiced to play Texas Tech? Is he is he rallying the troops bigger against Texas Tech than he has against a couple of other teams? Does Graham Harrell have more skin in the game? It's his first time back at Texas Tech since he played here he was like a ga at oklahoma state he might have been back okay. when he was an analyst or a ga there i'm not making that up am i i don't remember that i'm gonna i thought he went to washington state as a ga i'm gonna google it but do you think here i'll google it while you answer i mean do you think there's any extra juice there that that graham or neil brown are coming back to lubbock and and neil hasn't won here is there a lot of pressure in that because I, I think there's a lot of pressure with joey and baylor Offensive quality control assistant in 2009, Oklahoma State. Really? Yeah. I did not remember that. So he did that and then went to, to the Washington league State for a little bit. Like he was, he did that and then went to the Packers in 2010 for three years and then the Jets. So he got one little internship under his belt. Yeah. Then went to the league and won then came Super back Bowl. as a coach. Yeah. And came back in 2014. Yeah, I do not remember him. I guess he said no to the draft for a year, and then he was like, ah, I might go. But that 2009 game was in Stillwater, so he wasn't Not been in back to Lubbock. I don't think there's a ton of extra juice there. If he was, like, passed over, which maybe he does feel like he was passed over. I don't know how. I don't know if he was interviewed for head coach or offensive coordinator or any of that. But these guys, I mean, it's a conference game to begin with. Like, how much more extra motivation do you need? Right. Neil Brown doesn't seem like a guy that has a chip on his shoulder. Or are you just going to say juice, period? I mean, yeah. Because he doesn't. 
He's he's kind of a juiceless dude. I mean, they played the backyard brawl, which is their big century old rivalry, and he was kind of like, you know, yeah, this is a game with a lot of history, which like is true, but I didn't get the sense that like so when we played them when Dana was there, you know, they brought out a sledgehammer one time. They turned off the AC in the locker room. Dana hates Texas. Tech. There was a fight, you know, pregame at midfield or like a scuffle. Yeah. So you could, I was like, okay, he's amped to be here. There's a little extra there, but I've right. never gotten that sense from Neil Brown in any game. So I'd, I'd be surprised if we saw it this game. Also, from their fans, like, we do a little friendly chirping on Twitter. You and I? Do we? Just a little bit. Give me the last example when we chirped at a at an opponent. Oh, well, I mean, I said friendly. Just just a little friendly chirping. Okay. I mean, even if it is just, uh, hey, you remember John Denver? Like, I know you did the, li- the it's list all... It's not chirping. It's just like well, an appreciation you, of the shared... Right, but you did the list all offseason. Um, Those weren't chirping, were they? Kyle, <laughs> there were intentional trolls in there. That's yeah, chirping. Okay. We do a little friendly trash talk. We had we did the Kyle Umling thing. Yeah, that was friendly friendly banter. Um, there were some Oklahoma State uh, people that we were kind of talking trash with, just a little bit, but it's it's all friendly. We're we're already talking to a few TCU people here and there uh, about a thing or two. I haven't said anything about the TCU game. They have zero. Why are you so defensive about trash talking? Because I kind of don't like that. People think our Twitter account is that when I'm like, I haven't trash talked people. There's some friendly banter. Okay. Anyways, there are zero West Virginia fans. That's not true. <laughs> it's been crickets, man. I, I haven't seen I like their very fans. many of them at all. You haven't seen Irrational? That's a, a blog. No, he's just a, he's a meme guy. He's like their version of Doe. I know some West Virginia fans. The They're, guy that was upset that you tagged him in a John Denver post? No, that's Ears Nation. Ear, uh, Ears Nation, yeah, that guy. Irrational is the guy I'm talking about. Oh, Irrational is a fun guy. Yeah. There's a there's a couple podcasts. WV Stats guy. Yeah, but those are all like oh, legitimate okay. fan I accounts. Yeah, I don't know any like... I know a couple fans, but... All right, so there's what, 12? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it just seems like... They don't fit in with the rest of the Big 12 in that respect. Yeah, they were... One of their blogs had some long thread about how much it sucked to be in the Big 12 during basketball season. They were like, our best player transferred out to Kentucky. It's probably going to win National Player of the Year, and nobody shit-talked us about it all season. And then, like, the moment we try to engage on John Denver, like, right. hey, this game has maybe a little more meaning than just an average conference game. They're like, why did you tag me in this? Yeah. Like, do you want conference brethren or not? Right, that's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, but you're being all weird about it. Well, we don't, we don't, we weren't trash talking them. We, it's, it's, it's trash talk. Kyle. No, it's not to say that John Denver went to Texas Tech when you know it's going to get under their skin. Yeah, it's a little bit. How? Why would that get under their skin? It's an objective fact. Because you trolled them all summer on it. <laughs> I, if anything, it was the only thing they're good about in this city is being almost heaven. <laughs> they loved that. Their fans loved that. That was all their favorite six of list. Them, I know. That was their favorite list. They were also just, I guess, more tech fans are upset that you have the John Denver bit than West Virginia fans. Anyways. We did that twice. That's it. 
We didn't even mention that. I think it's funny that you think that you don't trash talk people. I don't. Like, if if TCU beats us, we're going to get flooded by TCU fans who are like, take that, that's what you give for saying. It's like, we never even said that Tech was going to win this game. Yeah, well, we will next week. We responded to one, one big game boomer tweet. It was at the height of that cactus stuff. Right. He was like, name one team that your team is going to blow out this year. And I, I put TCU. Right. Like, pretty tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. Just to play off of what well, was going on. Well, before the season, Twitter. we did think that. I didn't think they were going to be very good. I They're certainly better than I thought they would be. And it's... I heard on the broadcast they have saying, 14 players that are like starting from transfers. I'm saying there are accounts that like intentionally try to fight with fans and we'll quote tweet back and forth with, with them all day. Right. You're not big game boomer. And we don't do that. No, I didn't say all day. But there has been some friendly chirping. We didn't even do that with Texas. Again, just Kyle Lumley. We did the umling thing, kind yeah. of poking fun at his bit and just showing that when you add enough parameters, you can say anything. Right. And that was in... It's fun. That was in good fun. Yeah. I wasn't saying you are being a jerk. We didn't tell any case statement, we're going to roll into Manhattan and beat y'all's ass or... But we don't do that. That's not the only way to trash talk. Okay. <laughs> we didn't do it versus Houston. We didn't do it versus NC State. I just don't know why. Yes, we did. All summer, you were like... Uh, I said I didn't buy the hype, and I was right. You, you I, How many times did you tweet out Texas Tech by 24? Maybe three. Oh, come on. <laughs> Friendly trash I talk. I should have been right. They're like, what, three and four? Oh, yeah. Well, you should have been right, for sure. I mean, people are saying they're going to the playoff and going to win 12 games. So you don't think you tra- you talk, you trash talk? Not a lot. And if I do, it's usually in response. Like, I will never, you'll never see me use a Twitter account to just be like, hey. Yeah. Well, Texas it's all in Tech response. is better than so. Like, I'll respond. Yeah, yeah that, that's what I'm talking about. That's, and, but even then, like, I'll just kind of leave it at that. I'm not going to quote tweet you back and forth all day. Oh, but I pe- hate the But quote people tweeters. think we do that. I hate the quote tweeters. That's, that's all I'm saying. I'm trying to clear our reputation here. Like I've been putting out good historical I don't think content. We have a bad reputation on West Virginia all week. Yeah, and you're telling me that it's perceived as trash talk when all I'm saying is like, no, there's some history there. Your first bowl game was against West Virginia. That's not trash talk. I'm talking about. I was saying that there was no trash talk this week. All right. That there was no chirping because they don't care about the game. That's what I was saying. Their biggest point of trash talk is that the place they live is a lot more scenic right. than Lubbock. Right. Which is I, I can't wait for Cincinnati and UCF mild. to get in the Big 12 because they, they're going to be off with West Virginia and be their own thing. They turn their nose up. So West Virginia fans have a little bit of a... Complex? Uh, yeah. So, so they think that like Notre Dame and Penn State are their rivals. And they're, they're too good to have a rivalry with Cincinnati. So like I, I mentioned that when not a rival when they announced the new Big Twelve, I was like, "Oh, that's cool. That's a nice a lot of Big pairing. Twelve, a lot of a lot of Big Twelve fan bases, yeah, but, but especially are West like Virginia, not a rival people." That West Virginia guy who told us that Nick Saban would be coaching at West Virginia instead of Alabama had he been offered a scholarship in 1969, like they're a right. little bit delusional, a little bit. They're kind of like A and M, not on that level. It's like, oh yeah, our rivals are Notre Dame and Penn State. Nick Saban would be coaching here if not for da 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 da. Cincinnati's not our rival. Nobody in the Big 12 is our... They think OU is their big Big 12 rival. A team that they've never beaten. A team that does not consider them a rivalry in any reciprocating fashion. They're a little bit delusional. They need to... They, I've never heard the Oklahoma thing. If you if you followed more of their fans, you know like OU is the big game on their schedule every year. That's wild. And they'll, they'll have like conspiracy. They're like, of course they won't make OU a night game in Morgantown. Because, and like 
there's no conspiracy on OU in West Virginia. There's just not. Are you talking trash right now? I, I guess that's <laughs> how it's perceived. <laughs> so you've never, you know, poked the bear, pun intended, never, but on uh, Baylor never winning. That's uh, a, a historical fact. See, it, see, has, it has no bear. What people misunderstand is they read one thing, right, and then they take it to like, so oh, you know, oh, this guy's trashing Baylor. He must. So we're gonna trash him when Baylor wins a game that this guy never predicted Baylor would lose. So you don't That's think stupid. that that bit is you don't you don't uh, you don't think that that bit is perceived as trash talk, and that's why you do it even more. I don't know if it's perceived as trash talk. <laughs> I'm not saying anything that's untrue. I'm not saying anything subjectively negative. It's a historical fact. Yes, it is. Like if I say the United States won World War II, right? You can be like, well, don't you think Germany thinks that's trash? Like they might, they might not. It's a historical fact. <laughs> so if 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 Baylor loses in Lubbock this year, you don't have any plans to reiterate that Texas Tech has beaten them every. They they don't have a single Big Twelve win in Lubbock. I mean, I will two more years from now when they okay. come back and. Okay. But yeah, everything that's true, and if they win, it's like, okay, then y'all have won one time since all this right. stuff that I just mentioned. Okay. All right. Cool. Well, I it, now that I know, I won't be so quick to think it's trash talk. I just, Even like, though I like your trash talk. So one of our picadors, Mr. Root, he was like, after all the crap we talked to TCU, I was like, did we? Like, I flamed their coach for having his Venmo tip jar right. on his profile. You gave he, him two cents. He deleted. That was really funny. And then I like stood up for the region of the world that I live in. But like I didn't say anything about Sonny Dykes can't coach, Max Duggan sucks, your program is a poverty program, y'all are going to lose by 28. Other than that one big game boomer reply that was that was poking the bear during that Twitter beef. That's it. But I'm sure they all perceived it as, oh, Gambling Gauchos thinks that they're going to win by 14. And so as soon as... TCU wins that game. We have to go flood their Twitter mentions with whatever. Uh, this off the chat line here. Is Kyle robfiscating his Twitter antics? No, I don't think I am. Uh, West Virginia beat OU with Tavon Austin at running back. Don't think that's true. And then uh, this uh, facts don't care about your feelings. Yeah. I don't care about your feelings. I don't know if the facts do or not. I'm going to Google this Oklahoma-West Virginia thing. I'm going to hit it with Winsipedia? Yes. I'm pretty sure they're over. Not that it matters because it's still ridiculous that they think that that is uh, something that happens. Oh, they're not over. They're 11-2 and two all time, but not in the Big 12. They beat them in the Fiesta Bowl back when like Pat White was there. Not Tavon Austin? No. They lost that game 50-49, to 49, so it was a barn burner close game but they did not Tavon Austin had like 600 scrimmage yards or something stupid like that West Virginia won in 1982 and in 2008 correct the Tavon Austin game that they're referencing though is 2012 so they're they're 0 and 10 0 and 9 they didn't play during the COVID year 0 and 9 in Big 12 play but that's their big rivalry since they can't get Penn State and Notre Dame right. in the non-con now I've never heard the Penn State thing either yeah they think Penn State's a rival. Yeah. Or Notre Dame. Not Pitt. The Notre Dame one not is West a little Virginia. bit more of a stretch. It's that same guy who thinks that Saban would be coaching there, but right. he basically thinks that like Notre Dame would love to play West Virginia every year. And, and But they haven't. 
if Notre Dame wants you on your schedule, you'll be on their schedule. Right. They're independent. They can do whatever they want. Yeah. Nobody's going to turn down the opportunity to play Notre Dame. They've played four times and haven't played since 2001. Yeah. Is this Penn State or Notre Dame? Notre Dame and West Virginia. Look up the Penn State and West Virginia. I'm I'm just curious. I don't even remember them playing in my lifetime. I don't either. Oh, that's uh, actually quite a few games. Um, they've played. Let's see. It's forty-eight nine and two in favor of Penn State. <laughs> Come on. Uh, they play. They've not played. Take a guess. Uh, I, so the last time they played, take a guess. So Penn State was independent for a long time and joined the Big Ten, I think, in the 80s. I'll, I'll guess that they haven't played since Penn State joined the Big Ten. Give me, like, 1987. 1992. Okay, that was pretty close. Yeah. Yeah, like, there are 30-year-olds who went to undergrad and grad school and got their PhD at West Virginia that have never been alive for... West West Virginia's won twice since 1955. (laughs) I'm serious, dude. They think that that's a rivalry. Why why are they here? They've never bought in. That's what, like, dude, you have to make the most of it. TCU came and bought in. Yeah, you have to make the most of it. Had Tech gone, like, pretty much alone with just Oklahoma State to the Pac-14... Right. You'd have to lean into Oklahoma State, the two Arizona schools. Yeah. And maybe Colorado. Like, yeah, you're not going to have a rivalry with Oregon State, but like it, your rival is either Cincinnati or nobody. Were you disappointed in the Oklahoma State TCU number on TV? No. I told Be- you. Because it was against Tennessee, Alabama? And because I just know that it wasn't going to get more than in the two million range. 2.1 was low, though. It's I, I want at least 2.5. That's a good number. One of the Pac-12 ones, I was trying to find it, was saying during the summer that $2 million is the number that the networks really love. Like, that's a good game. And he had the numbers on how many matchups between the remaining Big 12 teams had cleared $2 million versus how many of the remaining Pac-12 teams. And I couldn't find it. I couldn't remember if it was Mandel or Wilner. But anyway, I think anything over $2 million, had a quick thread on this. Michigan has been on network television, CBS, Fox, NBC, ABC, and failed to clear $2 million. That was against UConn. But what we're told is that the brands like Michigan, right. those top 10 brands, are so valuable. It doesn't matter who they're playing. They failed to clear $2 million. Notre Dame was right at $2 million when they played Marshall on NBC. And lost. Uh, several Pac-12 games have been on Fox or ABC and not cleared $2 million. I think if you're over $2 million, you can nitpick. But I, we're, we're a ways off from two remaining Big 12 schools being in the $3 million or more ballpark. Like that, that is extremely uncommon. Um, a couple of news and notes. We'll, we'll get back to the picks and the, the game score or whatever. Um, but I do want to stray away from West Virginia for a second. Uh, we're talking TV numbers. Your mark, uh, a couple days ago, um, Ari Timken, the, the, oh, what's he on? Serious, uh, big 12 now or whatever. Uh, he said, Brett, your mark told me to call him when I read about the value of the new TV deal after I asked him what would be an increase in revenue from the previous deal. Not trying to spoil anything, your mark. It sounds incredibly cocky that he's doing this. He's like, call, call when you see it. He's doing nothing in other interviews, too. He's doing nothing to temper expectations. Well, here's a headline after Big 12 Media Days um, that says the new Big 12 agreement 
could be upwards of $60 million per team. That would be ridiculous. That, that would exceed my greatest reasonable expectation. Um, he's also out saying that Texas and Oklahoma will not leave before that final date of what July 2025, which I which I am leaning to believe now. I, I think this new deal is a new deal that includes Texas and Oklahoma, which is why it would be bigger than. Like I think he's worked a deal to up I think he's worked a 14 team deal as an extension through 25 and then has promised to rework another deal then. I think is what he's done. I do think that this one will be short term for a couple reasons. First off, you're still in the exclusive with ESPN and Fox and with him saying the timeline is a week or two. Right. It doesn't give you time for other business. So this deal is going to be a Fox and ESPN deal. Right. Basically more of what you have now. But I don't I don't think it's new as much as it's just a, a reshuffling. Right. Right. I'm just saying you're not going to go to a streaming platform. You're not right. going to shoulder yes. NBC or CBS. Right. You're going to be on the same channel as you've been on for the last decade. But I also think that while there's uncertainty in the rest of the landscape, what's going to happen with Oregon and Washington – this will be a short, maybe four-year deal. And then then they'll maybe... That gives them time to demonstrate proof of concept with the new teams. Put more data points like you have this season. So the four that I'm really pointing to just from this season among remaining or new Big 12 schools, Baylor and BYU in the late-night slot, I think it was ESPN, they cleared $2 million. That was the highest-rated on that network in that time slot since 2017. Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, $1.6 million on Fox Sports 1. Two remaining Pac-12 schools have not cleared $1 million on Fox Sports 1 since 2017, and that was a late-night after-dark game with no competition. $1.6 million on FS1 is a really good number. That was Tech, Oklahoma State. Yes, which then, I thought that was a more impressive number than... It is. The, than uh, $2 million TCU, on Oklahoma network? State, yeah. It is. Uh, but two games on network television, TCU-Oklahoma State on ABC, and then Fox, I think, had – maybe it was ABC, had Oklahoma State-Baylor a few weeks ago. Both of those cleared $2 million. So those four data points, late night, network shoulder content, and FS1 putting up a good number there. If you can do that for four years and say, look, the teams that are in the conference now, UCF, BYU, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, are putting up good numbers like this, if it's a short-term deal and you can go back to the negotiating table in three or four years, right. you could have more leverage, I think. But I don't, I don't think it's going to be an extension at all. I think it's just going to be a, here's a deal through 25. Through Well, not even that, through 24, because it's it's just the summer of 25. Why would Through why, the spring of 25. Why would the networks do that if they are already locked in through 2025? Um. Because your mark is a shark. They're just going to give us more money for no reason? Well, it's not for no reason. Uh, I think he's negotiated uh, Oklahoma and Texas to stay. And I think ESPN is saying, all right, we'll, we'll give you... Because it's not a huge... What's like... It's just $12 million extra from, from the top of what it would have been. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it get into 50 I think so. So if it's to 60 it's it's $10 million per year. 
but they're just accelerating that uh, and giving it to them because of these four new schools and because of this year where you've already seen two million a couple of times. Um, but even so, if, if it is an extension of one year um, to 26, uh, I don't think the Big 12 is going to be I don't think the Big 12 is going to be without 14 teams uh, ever. So you don't think that this new agreement excludes expansion for the time being? No. Here's what I want to know. If that's 60 million, even if it's, let's say, 50 million, the reports from the pack that their max offer was 25, if any of those teams can double their revenue by moving, how does that not immediately... And I get the pride aspect, but right. how does that not immediately move Arizona State from the pack to the Big Twelve or well, Utah from the pack to the Big Twelve? Here's my only thing: I don't, I don't think that, I don't think that the the schools here get sixty without Texas and Oklahoma. So that's why I'm saying that 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 Texas and Oklahoma are a part of the deal. Um, and that's why it goes through 2025. And then you swap Texas and Oklahoma for the four corner schools. I don't think that 60 number. I don't think the networks would ever sign up for that. Why would they pay everybody 15 million more per year when they're already contractually set to pay them lower than that through 2025? Because, because Fox wants to keep them in the big 12 for two more years. They're already in the big 12 for two more years. No, ESPN wants them to leave early. Too bad. I mean, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing that it's wild. I just am trying to make the sixty make sense, and that's how it makes sense to me. I don't know if I don't think I believe that number. Even if it is, though. So Oregon and Washington, they're not getting a Big Ten invite right now. I don't think. I've said this before, but they would have been invited with USC and UCLA. If twelve teams are making sixty million or even fifty-five million, would they not all give up two million apiece to go down to fifty-three? to bump Oregon and Washington up by $12 million apiece so they'd be at 65 And clearly, those two programs would be the closest to Big Ten and SEC money out of anybody outside of those two conferences, besides Notre Dame. And I know people don't like unequal revenue sharing, but if you could get Oregon and Washington by giving up $2 million of your own dollars, I think it might be worth it. So the current number is 43 per year um, for the Big 12. And by all accounts, the offer is growing from 43. That's what your mark is leading and, us but, to believe. But my question is, um, when the ESPN agreed to release the AAC schools to come early and for BYU to enter early, um, was there... Like, is this sixty million number part of that negotiation because they had never been negotiated, or there was a a, a beginning of a negotiation, but there, this is finalizing that negotiation? I don't know. See, I I don't know either, and I guess that makes sense if it goes from forty three, but I don't think that Houston provides any value. Um, I think UCF that Friday night game where they dominated with Louisville provides a little value. Um. BYU obviously has provided value uh, TV-wise. Um, and Cincinnati, uh, since, what was Cincinnati-Arkansas? Is that a good number? 
You don't remember off the top of your head? Yeah, I'd have to look. Um, I would assume that was a fine number. Uh, so maybe your mark has taken the four new schools and placed a heavier value on them and said, no, 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 I, I don't know what you said to Bullsby, but this is the deal. Uh, we're bringing these four schools in. This deal has to change or we're walking away. I, I don't know. what. How big a swing and sword does uh, your mark have? I wonder how he's negotiated this in terms of the late night content because BYU does not want to kick off at 8 p.m. local time every week, but you're leaving an automatic 2 million viewers on the table every time BYU doesn't occupy that time slot. It would be a real shame if BYU ever plays on a Thursday or Friday night. That's a waste of a time slot, in my opinion, because any of those schools can play Thursday or Friday night and pull in a good number, I think, with little to no competition. But without the more schools in the mountain and western time zones, Pacific time zones, you don't have a ton of late-night inventory. So I would, I hope that your mark has maximized that and maybe signed up BYU for like at least three of those per year and then maybe some Thursday and Friday because like West Virginia, Virginia Tech cleared $1 million, the backyard brawl on a Thursday. Well, let me back up. That Virginia Tech game was on a Thursday or Friday. The backyard brawl was on a Thursday or Friday, and it cleared $2 million. I think that UCF-Louisville game, that was one point something million. It was the highest on ESPN2 on a Friday night in three or four years, something like that. So there's ways to get your programs more exposure. You just can't be on FS1 at 2.30 right. every week. And so I know right. people don't like the Thursday and Friday night games, and I don't want to stay up till midnight to watch football. Too bad. If you can yeah. quadruple the number of people that watch your game between Texas Tech and BYU by playing it on a certain time slot, that's that's what you got to do. Otherwise, we're going to have a third of the money that the Big Ten and SEC have. Do you remember when Bob Bowlesby went to Congress and cried that the the Big 12 was going to die and you're going to have 50% to, um, 50 of the revenue was leaving with Texas and Oklahoma? Yeah. That guy was in charge of this conference for a decade. <laughs> it's truly astonishing. That, that like truly. Guys like me and John Kurtz yeah. are bigger advocates for the conference. Just two random guys on Twitter than the conference's commissioner. Like he didn't, he never, that's the problem. Right. It, it's kind of like the Matt Wells problem. He never believed in Lubbock and Texas Tech. And that was apparent when somebody asked him, what's your favorite thing about Lubbock? And he didn't have an answer. Bob Bowlesby never believed anybody in this conference was worth a damn besides Texas and OU. Well, and, and both of them didn't believe that the Big 12 was a personal value until Texas left. Now it's personal. Like, right. Bob, it should have been personal for the last decade. Well, like you have to think a little more highly of programs like West Virginia, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, Texas Tech, Baylor. If like it, No, they're not <laughs> SEC Big Ten programs, but we're also not group of five. Like we're not the Pac-12 where people just don't even care. It's still frustrating when Kansas fans are like, ah, oh, we're an SEC team, we're, we're going to the Big Ten, and West Virginia just desperately wants to be in the ACC. Just buy in and make this the best damn conference in middle America because that's where all the real people live, and then be third behind the two powerhouses. Like You can create a very good living – being the third power conference behind the SEC and the Big Ten in the world of NIL 
You can compete for a national championship every year. That's what people gripe in that we're not going to be anywhere near Big Ten and SEC dollars. I'm like, where have you been? You were never going to be. Do you, do you know who has a- SEC money every year? The ACC is locked in through 2036, making 30 million. Right. If you got to 60 and you doubled up the ACC for the next decade and a half, because oh, it's through 36. What are you complaining about? We already know we're going to double up the Pac-12. Yeah. Triple. Unless Amazon or Apple just comes in and overpays, but even then, you're you're but even third so, out of five. Even so, the Pac-12 has already watched less than everybody else. Yeah. If they go to streaming, I don't think the money matters. No. I mean, if it's they're not going to have a brand. If it's comparable, and you can either play on EBC, uh, EBC, <laughs> ABC, and ESPN, or Apple TV, what are you going to do? You can go play on Fox and ABC. And FS1, or are you going to play on Apple TV every single weekend? Yeah, it's why being on FS1 is so bad. Like, yeah, you're being paid the same by Fox, whether you're on their main network or FS1 or FS2. Same with ESPN or ABC or ESPNU. But it stinks when 200,000 people watch your game because it's on a channel they've never heard of and they don't have. So, like, yeah, even if Apple wants to pay you, nobody's going to see that game. And in the long run, that does damage to your brand it's like, well, I haven't seen an Oregon football game in three years. But the 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 seven o'clock USC Utah game was two point six, and then the two thirty that's directly across from a Fox game and a CBS game of the week, which was Tennessee and Alabama, the most watched game of the year, was two point one. And USC is leaving. And you can go all the way down the list of all the games that rated. Uh, enough to be on the number, and there's not another Pac-12 game. And there's probably three more, uh, two more Big 12 games. Probably one of them didn't rate. Uh, over under TV viewership for this game. The I'm only, guessing uh, West Virginia, Texas Tech. The only reason the Pac-12 has any viewership on any of its games because they play in so many windows with no competition. Their Friday night game, their after dark games, like. A third of their teams are playing with no other competition. Right. So you can be like, oh, well, it only got $2 million on ABC when TCU played Oklahoma State. You're going up against Alabama, Tennessee. Pac-12 never goes up against them. And so, like, yeah, Wazoo and USC can pull in a million on a Friday night, which is more than West Virginia and Texas Tech will get on FS1. But it's like, of course. It would be insane if it were otherwise. And as soon as that advantage is taken away from them, I, I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, total set at 700000 for Texas Tech, West Virginia. It's pretty close. Yeah. Tech versus Houston on FS1 in the same time slot or an hour later was 600000 thousand. I'll go over because Tech has performed pretty well on TV. The NC State game was kind of a dud. A lot of competition, but I thought that, that right. probably speaks more to their fans. Like, why didn't you tune in to watch your team play? A, they were already there. Yeah. <laughs> there was a bunch of people there. I, so I think on FS1, look, if you clear a million, that's fantastic. If you're in the 800 to 1 million, I think that's still really good. If you're in the 6 to 8, that's solid. 4 to 6 is okay. If you're under 4, it's pretty bad. And West Virginia does pretty well right. on TV from what I've seen. By the way, we owe Rahino a sponsor plug after this, but first I'm going to plug the Patreon. I've spent 
hours because I'm so tired of the narratives and people that don't know what they're talking about on TV numbers. I'm like John Wilder. Yes. Like I asked him, I was like, well, John, if that's so bad, how many times have two remaining Pac-12 teams cleared 2 million? Well, oh, that's a good well, question. A good we'll question. have to check that like, out. You don't know the answer to that? Anyway, I'm finding the answer to that. What I'm doing is I'm compiling TV ratings for every single college football game between, like, I'm ignoring SEC and group of five, stuff that doesn't really... Right, like, you're going apples to apples. Big 12, Pac-12, ACC. As close as you can. So I have every single game that's been played on Fox Sports 1 since 2017, besides COVID, because it's just not worth it. I'm doing the same with ESPN, ESPN2, ESPNU, ABC. It's taking me a long time. And you're going to put this behind the... Paywall? Yes. Yeah, Patreon.com slash gambling gauchos. Now, if you don't care about this, you don't understand why it's important or you just don't care, that's fine. But people who do want to know, like, okay, when the Texas Tech versus West Virginia number is published, what would be a good number? What would be a bad number? This is for you. And it's, what would that be, five-plus seasons worth of data? And so next time you'll be able to call out John Wilner when he says, oh, the pack game on ABC outperformed this Big 12 game on FS1, you'd be like, yeah, of course it did, you dolt. Right. So anyway, it'll be a while before I complete that because it's going to take a long time. But found some really encouraging stuff on FS1. I'm assuming Brett Yormark has guys that are doing this and pitching it to the networks and spinning it and saying, we've had four of the top six games in this time slot. Well, if Yormark wanted the information when you get it done, uh, where would he go? Patreon.com slash gambling gauchos. And what does that get? Your mark could get what else? Oh, he could also join the Discord. Right. Uh, he'd have access to interviews with Cody Campbell, Matt Mooney, Fardaz Amac, Sonny Cumbie, BJ and, Simmons, and uh, Cole Roberts. And a little bit would go back to the Matador Club, which would help his job. Yeah. That's probably a conflict of interest, but. Hey, somebody slid in our DMs. Shout out to Brett um, asking. He said he hasn't been back to Lubbock in a while. Okay. Yeah. And he knows the town has changed a lot. We can clip this and give it to him. Well, we can just keep it in the episode. Right. Because he asks us where to eat. Right. I meant uh, afterwards we can clip it and put it on social media. All right. You do. You had to read. Go ahead. No. I didn't realize what you were doing. Floor's yours. No, I just didn't realize what you were doing. You're a little short today. You didn't want to be trash talking. Today? And, and now you... <laughs> Also, when I uh, asked if you missed me, I, I really didn't feel like you meant that. Reino Barbecue, uh, they're actually looking for work. Uh, not looking for work. They get plenty of work. They're looking for people to work for them. I was going to say that's our job. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Uh, they, they have a lot of work. They're expanding. Uh, they're doing more and more. Um, so they're hiring. So if you want to work for Reino, uh, go find them on Instagram. Go find them on Twitter. Uh, they have links. They've got uh, how you can contact them. Uh, wouldn't you just like to go home every day and smell like Rojino barbecue? I was going to say, I think I've said this on getting to know the gauchos. My first real job is at a movie theater. Yeah. And it kind of burnt me out on popcorn. I still don't really eat popcorn to this day. I don't think but I could get there's, burnt out. <laughs> if there's kickbacks and you get like some leftover burn-ins at yeah. the end of your shift, that's a that's a cool perk. I think they could legitimately pay me in Texas Twinkies and I could you know do my work. But I think they were hiring like uh, some meat cutters and, and that kind of stuff. Uh, if that's something that you like to do as a hobby, that's how Aaron started. And, well, and Aaron just got into the, the barbecue gospel. And if that's something you want to do and get involved with the greatest barbecue restaurant in West Texas, and you know it's all West Texas, so the greatest barbecue joint in the world, Rojino Barbecue, uh, that's something you could do. You can find them online at 
RichinoBBQ.com. Good people, too. You can go work for a family business instead of being part of the corporate yeah. machine. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but... We like small business. What else would you recommend to somebody who hasn't been to Lubbock in five years, just like around town? That Well, I know you're a big, uh, again, qualify, no free ads. Um, and we don't recommend Rojino just for the ad pitch, okay? If Rojino wasn't paying us ad money, we would be shouting from the rooftops just as much as we do. Because some people are like, yeah, but do you really like it that much? Yes. And we say that off the air. We text people that. Um, people are DMing us, and we say Rojino Barbecue. Uh, but I would also say, I know one of your favorite places, Albron's. That's pretty new. Yeah, Albron's is good. A lot of the wineries around town have, like, tastings and tours. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of cool. A pretty lot of new breweries. Yeah. Uh, brewery LBK is like the, ooh, now that I said it, is that the one? Yeah. But that's the one that's like... USA Today, number one. Yeah, and a one. bunch of magazines, the best yeah. microbrewery in the world. The Arts District has kind of grown a lot if you're yeah. into like Luca and stuff like that. Um, Buddy Holly Hall, I don't know what would be playing there this weekend. But it's cool to just go check it out even if there's not a show just to kind of... Yeah, uh, uh, Ray Vaughn, the yeah. restaurant there. Yeah, there's, there's a lot more downtown than probably this person is used to. If you're legitimately here um, and you hadn't been here in five to ten years, go down Broadway. Uh, downtown, as, as Kyle's saying, there's the Cotton Court Hotel, um, Nukes, uh, a bunch of new little restaurants downtown that you can go to. Um, or just drive down Milwaukee. <laughs> there, there is, it's like a whole new world out there with all the construction that's been done in the last five years. I drove to my old place of business, which was, what, 2015 when I worked there? And it was like a brand new city out there. It's like, what is going on? There's 17 more restaurants out here. Um, so just drive around from like 114th uh, down and then down Milwaukee. And if you haven't been here in five years, it'll look like a brand new place. The plaza's good, too. On Milwaukee. I was trying to think of places on Milwaukee. Have you seen all these people ranking the Big Twelve fan bases? Y- yes. Should I? Should we rank them on Gauchos? I'm going to do, do this, it in tiers, so it's a little less controversial. I'll do it straight up. What's the What's the basis here? Because I've seen a few of them. There was one that was like uh, best travelers, most engaged, meanest, most volatile. This is just. Big 12 fan base is total. Ranked. Okay. All right, I've got Tier 1, Texas Tech, Kansas State, Iowa State. Yes, in that order. Tier 2, West Virginia, Baylor, Oklahoma State. I would actually probably say Iowa State's the number one fan base in the Big 12. Tier 2, West Virginia, Baylor, Oklahoma State, in no particular order. That's your Tier 2? Yeah. I would say West Virginia's at the low end of that one, but yeah, sure. Tier 3, TCU, Kansas. What you made a okay. face? No, yeah. Agree or disagree? Tier tier four is Agree. Texas and OU. Agree. Yeah. Okay. That's not a part of a bid or anything. That's not you trash talking. No, I think their fans are legitimately. I mean, we interact with thousands of yeah. people on Twitter. Oklahoma's the worst. Texas, no, Oklahoma is kind of in a league of their own. But o- Oklahoma's Texas, worse. Texas also pretty bad when you beat them. They're really sore losers. Yeah. 
neither one has been extremely pleasant at all to deal with. Would you, but would you give them any credit for, you know, selling out a bunch? No, I'm, I'm doing this like, how pleasant are you to deal with? Okay. Not how energized sure. of a fan base are you? Okay, so uh, in the off season and during basketball season, Kansas is with Texas and Oklahoma. They are brutal. Who? Kansas. Th- that's, I'm, I'm baking that in. Okay. They're completely absent for all other sports. Right. So you don't think they're to the, the level of Oklahoma or Texas? No. I think they're as close as anyone else is to them. No, because it's only during basketball season. Oklahoma fans are and just the awful year-round. the offseason. They are awful year-round. They're awful. I, I still think, and I, I don't think I'm being crazy when I say that uh, Lincoln Riley left Oklahoma because of the fans. They ran him off. I don't think that's wild at all. Uh, uh, off the chat line, uh, pay me in Texas, Twinkies. I'm telling you. I would do a lot of work for a plate of those. Um, I had something else I wanted to go through before we got back into... Oh, um, now, Kyle, first of all, you've said two things today that I think are a little bit uh, wild. Uh, That you ran a 4-4-7 in high school, hand-timed? Coach Faust hand-timed me at that, and he is not good at hand-timing. I'm not claiming a 4-4-7. You think you could walk out today, though... In tennis shoes, warm up, and run a four seven. I, sub five. I think I could go sub five okay. in, in cleats on grass. And I will get a or in, uh, or in spikes. So we're going to do this. Yeah. Are, are you wearing cleats in grass? Sp- spikes. Probably. If I okay. have to do it in tennis shoes on a track, I will. Okay. Well, we can get some grass. Okay. Okay. Uh, we're going to do this. Uh, maybe this weekend. I will I will uh, uh, procure a legitimate stopwatch, so it's not Just it's not on, on the phone. phone. But the the screen clicking is is not great. It's fine. No, I'm gonna get you a stopwatch, um, and we'll do that this weekend. Uh, I have faith. You you put that out, and a lot of people taking the over. I don't think people trust uh, that you're a uh, you know a collegiate athlete, dude. Five seconds. I just did it on the stopwatch. I stopped it at five oh three. Yeah, it seems like forever. Went by pretty quick. Oh. I mean, think about this. I'm going to stop it at five and uh-huh. tell me if you think I can run 40 yards in this amount of time. Ready, right. set, go. 20. That was 40. four, seven, six. Okay. When I said 20? No. Oh. How about you shut up and I'll... All right, ready, set, go. I'm not going to sit here and be silent for five seconds. That's terrible radio. But I think I think, I think you could do it in five. Well, you're distracting me from oh my saying God. when it's five seconds. And so the listener isn't understanding... Imagine me running 40 yards in this amount of time. Ready, set, go. Stop. Okay, that was 5-1. Really glad the listener, who is just watching the time run by on the screen. Like, I'm sure I... That they can't grasp five no, seconds no, they're while we're talking. they're driving or something. Now, I have no, more I faith in our four, listeners four, seven, than you do. 4-6 would be elite speed for a guy who hasn't sprinted in a long time. But somebody was like, well, you got to take into account, you know, that you're older and you weigh more. I was like, no, I, I weigh the same as I right. did in high school. I'm not worried about that at all. I believe in you. We'll see. You'll break, you'll break four, eight, five. So I ran a five, two in like middle school. And I'm just thinking 
how bad of an athlete I must have been in middle school. Like, surely I could go race a middle schooler and win, right? We could also do that. I, I have access to a middle schooler. Well, I, I am going to race. He's my nephew. One of the picadors this weekend. Right. And then we'll time the 40. I don't know what distance I'm racing him. It'll probably just be, you know, in a parking lot somewhere after a couple beers. We'll see. But we need to film that for content as well. Yeah, we will. Well, we can blur from him behind. Out. We can blur him out. We'll, we'll film it from behind. Yeah. <laughs> we don't want to dox uh, our friend. Yeah. I think people are underestimating me. So though. that's one thing that you said. Yeah. I also, from the story of the two wrestlers that fought a bear, yeah. mentioned who would you fight? What, what animal would you fight for a friend? And I don't know who you were thinking of, but you basically just said, independent of any friend, that you could kick a bear's ass. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> why not? What do you mean, why not? How, okay, how many, how many stories have you ever heard on the news of a bear killing a, a person? You ever seen The Remnant? Revenant? No. How many news stories in your lifetime... In your 30 plus years, right. do you remember of a bear killing a human? Right. When I, I know that there's like... Answer, uh, the, answer the question. I don't know. Seven. I don't think it's that high. I'd be curious. Can you Google for me while I'm on this? Can you Google for me how many how many bear killings there are a year in the U.S.? While you're looking that up. We heard a story today of a guy, a jogger in Alaska, who survived two different bear attacks. So Joe Blow, just local man off the street, is two and over versus a bear. People don't account. They underestimate themselves. The bear is also scared of you. So you make noise like that hiker did on that video that went viral this week. Hit them once in the face, and they like they have second thoughts, and they don't they don't want that action anymore. So yeah, your life is on the line. Your adrenaline is flowing. You get one good shot at the bear, and he's like, "No, I've had enough." Now. In a cage match with a bear? No. But out in the woods, like if I'm on a hiking trail and a bear comes at me, I like my odds. I would take myself at even money against a bear or a mountain lion. I'm taking myself at even money up to a bear. Now, when you get to like rhino or bison or like a tiger or lion, probably not. But a mountain lion, a bear, yeah. And your thought process is they're not used to humans. Do you listen to um, – you don't listen to other podcasts, do you? Bears eat like fish, right? Right. They're not attacking other large animals, are they? They, they know how to defend themselves? The only bear attacks I've seen, like the bear keeps coming back for more, is when a human being is interacting with the bear cub. Yeah, which I would not which do. Is not, which is not the scenario that we set up. Although that hiker, I think that is what triggered the bear because you can see a cub – in the shot, the bear probably attacked because it was protecting the cub. Right. But same deal. If I'm if I'm walking with my wife and daughter, and I know like they're about to die if I don't fend off this bear attack. Right. People totally underestimate adrenaline. How many people get killed by a bear every year? So uh, this is uh, the most dangerous animals in the U.S. by number of deaths since 1970. Okay, l- l- let's run through this. Since 1970. Uh huh. Okay, bear deaths are 124 deaths since 1970. That's 55 years. But that's 70 brown bear deaths and 54 black bear deaths. I'm I'm more worried about the brown bear. And then 10 
uh, polar bear deaths. So it'd be 132 bear attacks that have resulted in death. That's less than three per year. Right. How many stories per year have you heard of a human fending off a bear attack? I heard three this week. <laughs> but that guy, like, doesn't have a forearm anymore. What guy? Is that a win? The wrestler. What wrestler? The, the whole thing that started this was a wrestler was getting uh, grounded and pounded by the bear. His buddy oh, I, jumped on his back, and the bear fell down a cliff. And then from high ground, he's just uh, pounding the bear in the face with, with hammer punches. The bear finally runs away. That's on that GoPro video? Yeah, that's the two wrestlers. Um, I don't know anything about woods. wrestlers. I've seen a video of one guy. It's like a POV angle. Like he's wearing a GoPro. Right. I don't think this one was filmed. Okay. I don't know what you're talking about then. Okay. Well, it was two different things. But that guy survived. Right. Was that the guy that was on the cliff? I think I just mixed up two videos. I, too. I think so. So there's another one where a, a bear is physically on top of a guy eating him, and his buddy jumps on the bear's back. And starts scratching and clawing. The bear goes after the other guy. Uh, and one of them is like missing limbs. But I, I would say if you survive, if you're alive, you won the fight yeah. against a bear. I think if you lose a limb, you could call it a draw. Have you seen the video of the the kangaroo? A huge kangaroo. I would not fight a kangaroo. Well, hang on. Have you seen the video of the kangaroo that like has kidnapped that guy's dog? He has the dog in like... Yes. And the, can- <laughs> the kangaroo takes one shot to the chin and is like stunned. Right. And runs away. And that animal's bigger than the human that's fighting him. One shot? I yeah, he took a couple. I think he got him with like one shot okay. right to the jaw. Would you go, would you go after a kangaroo that stole uh, your dog? Oh, uh, uh, my dog? No, <laughs> I'd trade my dog for a Big Twelve championship. Like my friends, my like other humans. Yeah. So so a kangaroo's dragging me down the road. Yeah, you're fighting a kangaroo yeah. for me and winning. Okay. Pretty uh, easily. Sharks, fifty-seven deaths. Yeah, that's one per year. Snakes. You want to guess on the snakes? I don't like snakes. See, I thought snakes would be higher. Only 57 snake deaths since 1970. I, I think people are too scared of sharks, too. A Alligators. Shark, if you see a shark, just hit it in the nose, and it's gone. I could take a shark easy. Uh, and this is just the U.S. Yeah. If we're out on vacation, I think there's new things that we need to discuss. But Do you think it's ridiculous that I think I can take a shark? No, but I, I think that that's well documented in science that you just got punched in the nose. Okay. I think it's the same with a bear. You just make yourself big. You just like throw your arms out, scream at it like that guy on the cliff did. They don't want that action. Uh, 16 cougar deaths and two deaths from wolves. Dude, a wolf is tiny. I could take a wolf. Wolf is like my dog. What my- a feral hog. That's not on here. A feral hog would be kind of tough. I know you don't listen to other podcasts. There was a, a podcast the other day, Two Bears, One Cave. Uh, but it was actually, and I probably shouldn't even say his name, but it was Tom Sicker and Joe Rogan. Uh, and they were talking about a crocodile in an African village that had gotten used to the people. And he just set up camp and was killing people weekly, just feasting on these human beings because this crocodile had gotten used. Yeah. He'd gotten used to, well, they sent like a specialist. (laughs) It isn't this like Navy seal over there to, to get the crocodile. So what I'm saying is yes, in the woods of America where these soft animals aren't used to people, I, I would actually tend to agree that you 
can probably hold your own just by scaring the animal. But as soon as the animal is used to people, I'm way off the Kyle bandwagon. I'm sorry. How much does a uh, Google, how much like the average mountain lion weighs or, or wolf? Average wolf. I think you're average. Dude, if a coyote is running at me, like even in the alley while I'm making the trash out, I could drop kick it and it would run like I'm bigger than a coyote. <laughs> right. They're faster. Probably, maybe. I don't know. Can a coyote run a sub 540? <laughs> I'm surprised that more people. Do you need to race a coyote? Now you're racing them? I'm surprised more people don't think with their life on the line that they couldn't fend off a bear. I just think fend off and defeat I mean, are if two he, different things. I mean, if the bear retreats... Like, you're acting like you're knocking out the bear. If the bear retreats because he thinks he's going to get his ass kicked, that counts as winning a fight, right? How do you, like, if the other side surrenders in a war... You know that's why he's leaving. You won the battle. Uh, not surprised Kyle overvalues his ability to kill several wild animals several times bigger than him. <laughs> Again, Kyle doesn't think he can kill anybody. No, again, yeah, you put me in a You're cage with a bear, off. I'm screwed. But if I'm hiking and a bear attacks me while I'm, with, with, while I'm with my family, I like my odds. I could put a wolf in a chokehold and it'd be screwed. The only thing that worries me about, me about the wolf is it's a pack animal and I'd have to fight off multiple at once. Uh, that I would, would be hard. I would not take on a badger from the chat line. Bad, yeah, okay, badgers are, those are legit. Right. I, would, I would not either. A, a muskrat? Isn't that the snake killer? A mongoose? Mongoose. What'd I say? A muskrat. What's a muskrat? It's like a rodent. A rodent of unusual size? Muskrat is like a, a possum, I think. Uh, I wouldn't mess with a possum either. What's a muskrat? Uh, they will They will eat cattle. I don't know who that is. A badger will. A badger? Yeah. Eat cattle? Yeah. So I know the story of this guy. He's like a rancher in post. And he came upon one of his cows that had been completely maimed and his first thought was like a badger must have done this and like so spooked by it kind of like backed away to get back on his horse and was like didn't even want to like look around and mess and like see if the badger was still maybe nearby but yeah those are vicious animals scrat is exactly <laughs> which like this in species this is uh the average size of a wolf's body is three to five feet long their tails are usually one to two feet uh, males usually weigh 70 to 145. That's like a an eighth grader. Five feet tall, 120. Different teeth, though. Teeth? No. A wolf's teeth are not going to do anything. Do anything? I mean, it's like break the skin. It's like a dog bite. Right. This is like asking, could you take a dog that attacked you? Like, yeah, of course. Like, dogs hurt people, but... Unless it's a very small child. Depends what kind of dog, man. I think people are underestimating their There's odds. There was a dog death uh, like a month ago in Lubbock. Yeah, no, it, it does happen, especially with like yeah. pit bulls. It was a pack of pit bulls, though, I think. Oof. Which I That's think horrible. is what the... the it's not just one wolf. Right. It's always a wolf pack. Okay, how about this? You said 70 to 120 pounds? Uh, yeah. An 80-pound wolf in a cage with me. Not just fending it off. You think I could take them? To the death? Or like... It's just one wolf? Yeah. Well, you're not going to make it submit. 
It's well, not going to well, say uncle. It could like finish. it could go like crawl into the corner and like wave the. You Wi-Fi think you way. can make a, a wolf, a seventy-five pound wolf, whimper? Well, now it's seventy-five, not eighty. Oh, eighty, yeah. Let's give it even hundred. Yeah, this is a full adult pounds? alpha wolf. Yeah, in charge of a pack. Think of how like thin. Yeah, no, I, I like my odds there. Okay. Have you seen? I'm that? not going to say you're wrong. So a muskrat looks more like a beaver or something. Medium-sized semi-aquatic rodent. Have you seen that? There was a survey. This is like the most American thing ever. I could beat a muskrat. They did this. They like asked people in different countries, could you beat a bear, a wolf, a dog, uh-huh. a, a rabbit? And Americans at like a five times higher rate than any other country. Like, yeah, I could take a, you name it. Well, they, because animals are softer in America. Maybe, but it was like discouraging. So people in Britain, well, there's like rural, there's less rural areas of like, that's because there are men on the street in New York. Yeah. There's never been a bear in the middle of New York city. (laughs) And then they're like in the middle of Uganda. Do you think you could beat an a lion? And they're like, no, my cousin got killed by a lion last week. No, but, but people in Britain are like iffy on if they could beat up like a a jackrabbit. Well, British people. And America's like, yeah, I can take a bear. Yeah. What of it? Yeah. Well, I think that's just a little bit of the sentiment, too. I don't think you're under it. I think you're underestimating some of these animals, how easy it would be to choke them out. You think you could choke out a bear? No, not a bear. A wolf. Yeah. Okay. Because, like, he's got such limited limb flexibility compared to a human. But you have to get a rear naked choke on him. I I think I could do it. I think you could just, he's on top of you. You just stick your hand up and choking them out? Maybe. I mean, they'd be real squirmy. If you, like, pin their head, you could kick the crap out of their ribs and stuff. Right? You've really put some thought into this. I, I could take a wolf. If a wolf attacked me next time I go to Palo Duro Canyon or something, I'll live to tell about it. Uh, I'm worried about Kyle going into the wild. He may not return. <laughs> You're not picking a fight with an animal. No. Okay. Just like you don't pick fights on Twitter. It's the same as Twitter. Like, I'm not going to go you out of my way. respond to an animal. I'm not going to go out of my way to roast anybody. But if you come in my mentions and say that you're not a real Texas Tech fan, I will quote tweet you and tell you that your ass is up the wrong tree. And then people are like, oh, you're flaming this guy. Like, no, he asked for it. I, don't, I wasn't going to say anything to this guy. And that guy, by the way, was really cool about it. Yeah. Well, he figured it out. He understood what tree was up. I guess. Just like a bear would run away from Kyle Jacobson. I think that is funny on Twitter when people are like intentionally rude and mean to you. And then you respond and they're like, oh, well, you didn't have to. Right, and then like, block no, 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 you. no, 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 no. And then they block you. Like, you threw the first punch. Yeah. And now you're mad that I swung back harder. Like you could just be nicer on Twitter and we would Pe- never come after you. People have fought with me in public on Twitter. And then when I own them, DM me. <laughs> And say, you didn't have to do that. You didn't have to feed me to your followers. You have a much bigger following than, than me. You can't argue with me. And it's like, I, I don't care that you only have 62 followers. If you're going to be in an argument with me, take it to the DMs or deal with the pain. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. But we we have since made up that particular case. Yeah, there's also this belief out there that Oh, because this account has 10,000 followers, I can say whatever I want. Right. 
Like, no. We're people, too. You're being a jerk. We're going to call you on it. Uh, this off the chat, uh, off the rails. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, so West Virginia, do you think um, Do you think you could, what mascots do you think you could beat up? In the Big 12? Yeah. Uh, Horned Frog, easy. So a couple of cougars, you already you already know that you could take yeah. those. Horned Frog, you're just stepping on. Easy. Bear, yes. We've covered that. Covered that. Wildcat, yes. Uh, uh, Mountaineer, you, you got to get the musket well, away first. He's, yeah, he's got a gun. I mean, right. I, so no, I, I'll say no on that one. Okay. A Raider Red? Uh, no. You're dueling, yeah. No. yeah. Uh, a Cyclone, that's a pretty severe weather event. If I just went out and stood outside in the Cyclone, no. Right. Well, but you, I good. think you, but you could, you know. It's not a good matchup. You'd get in a basement. Okay. I guess I need some clarification on what tools I have at my disposal. Well, you've already set you've already set uh, survive as the baseline of winning uh, in this kind of uh, fight. So yeah, I think you could survive a tornado. Um, a Jayhawk isn't a real bird, so that's easy. Yeah, a, a golden knight. Again, sword. Yeah, no, he, are we jousting? Yeah, he could probably. Yeah, he could get me before I could get within twenty feet of him. Yeah, Bearcat. Yeah, easy. What's the other one Wild we added? Cat. Cougar. Oh, we added two cougars. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Easy. Okay. I'd, I'd go like nine and three. So the humans you're staying away from. Yeah, I'd go like nine and three. Longhorn. I'd be an Alamo Bowl team. cow tipping. Hey, easy, easy. I think you could beat us sooner. Yeah. And they don't have any weapons. You just tip the wagon over? Yeah. Yeah. I'd be like an Alamo Bowl, like top 18 team in the country. Could you beat the current Mountaineer? Who's the current Mountaineer? Uh, do you think you can, <laughs> it's a woman <laughs> still has a muscle. No, I'd, I'd take the, I'd be like, okay, you win. Yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. going <laughs> to, um, Texas take favor by seven. Do you want to do this or you want to do the other picks first? No, let's do that. I mean, at some point we need to wrap this up. Let's do that. And some prop bets and the discord mailbag. Okay. Oh gosh. Se- seven we just is, did that for 30 minutes. Seven is too many. On Gaucho's After Dark, I thought it would open around three. I think I said, Which opened at four. I think I said two and a half on Gaucho's After Dark. I said seven. Three and four was where I was going to stay away from it. Less than that, I might have picked right. Tech. More than that, pick West Virginia. A whole touchdown and an extra point. I, I know that everybody is taking this as a given that you're going to go two and oh in your next two. I, I don't. I think there's a 40% well, I, chance that you yeah. lose this game. But the odds kind of have it like there's a 25% chance that you lose this game. And I think that's too steep. So I'm I'm on West Virginia plus seven. Might even throw a little bit on the money line, emotional hedge, and I think pretty good value there. Uh, yeah, I think there's a pretty strong uh, option of going one and one. That is certainly the most likely outcome. Uh, do you have the lines or do you want me to go through them? Yeah, I got them. All right. Um, I think I mentioned this earlier, but I also like the over in Texas Tech, West Virginia. Down to 65 right now. And I'm actually showing six and a half for the spread on action. So I'm going to leave yeah, that. Al- I'll leave it alone for now. Well, it's if, at uh, seven on the pick'em. But if it gets to seven. If you want to sign I'll up, you can back. go uh, on Twitter. Yeah, we just retweeted it. Kansas State plus three and a half versus TCU <laughs> on one hand. That number... My gut tells me TCU, but TCU is really good against the spread, and I'm waiting for that to come back down to earth. Kansas State obviously getting a lot of respect from the odds makers. So I'm not sure. This one where, like, my instinct is that it smells, and I should take Kansas State, but that goes against what my gut tells me. Yeah, that's crazy. TCU gets both of those games at home in back-to-back weeks, and you had to play them both on the road in back-to-back weeks. 
Uh, I like K-State here. I, I don't think TCU will go undefeated. And there's not a whole lot of options left that'll beat them. Right? So if, if I don't think they're going to go undefeated, somebody's got to beat them. I'll take Kansas State to beat them. I'm going to go two units on the money line to profit 1.15 units, TCU. Okay. If they win this game, they're playing for a Big 12 title. Yeah. Hard to hard to see a scenario where that doesn't happen if they right. win this game. Because I think, uh, I mean, Texas already has one loss. Oklahoma State already has one loss. Um, it, somebody will have a loss this week. They would have tiebreakers over the other two teams that are in the picture to get right to the championship game. So even if they yeah. fill two times in the last five, it would. Right. Um, Kansas, still without Jalen Daniels, but a report that he was practicing. So I think you'll face Jalen Daniels when when you play Kansas, contrary to that report that he was out for the season. I also but, like, sorry, the over in, in Kansas State TCU. Yeah, only 54 and a half. Right. I think I'll trail you on that and take the over there. Um, Kansas getting nine and a half in Waco. Baylor looking to bounce back. I haven't seen what Shapin's status is. I'm not sure how much that matters to some people who maybe think the backup is not as much of a downgrade. That's gone back to nine and a half. Yeah, it's showing. It was seven and a half yesterday when I did the pick'em. Maybe there was Shapin news saying that he's not going to play. Cleared to play. Oh, cleared to play. Yeah. Yeah. Total fifty-eight and a half. See, that's gone down. Interesting. Is it sixty yesterday? I don't have a good feel for this one. Me um, at all, really. I might stay away from it, or like, I'm a little off on Baylor right now. If you could like tease that down to six and a half. And parlay it with something else, maybe. I just don't love it at nine and a half. I mean, I think. Would you I, like it at three and a half? You tease it a full six. Yeah. If you're putting it in a parlay, you still find value there. Yeah. I you don't like. I don't like college teasers, but I'll go with Baylor. I think the public sentiment is too down on them, so especially I, if you get it at seven and a half. I'll well, you know it, what I'm taking. I'll take it at nine and a half. You know what I'm taking? Kansas's opponent in the over. Yeah. Um, Nailed it last week. Big 12 game of the week. Huge conference championship implications. Texas, six and a half point favorites in Stillwater. Now, I I knew they would open as a favorite. I think on Gaucho's After Dark, I said maybe three. I know you've got that in your notes somewhere, but either way, they opened around there, and it went all the way to a touchdown at one point. Now it's six and a half. Total was 61. I don't know. I thought Texas was really going to take off, and then that Iowa State game kind of shattered my. I, I just think Iowa State's legitimate, a legitimate defense. Yeah. I you said uh, you said two and a half. I said three. Okay. Texas being the favorite. Either way, and this game, if Oklahoma State loses, the fan base there will will perceive that as we underachieved again and we failed to turn the corner go to the next level as a program again cuz they want to win big 12 titles they didn't do it last year they want to they were right there on the doorstep of the playoff last year they were going to make the committee really consider do we put in one loss Oklahoma State or undefeated Cincinnati and then they didn't get it done against Baylor right they're going to be frustrated if they're out of the big 12 title race in mid October and they you know on one hand Maybe they should be because we were talking about them as a clear favorite three weeks ago. Right. But on the other, 
they're on a 15 year stretch here with Gundy that has never been replicated in their entire history. And I would sign up for disappointing nine and three. Right. All, all day right now is, is 10 and two. If Oklahoma state finishes 10 and two and TCU and Texas are playing for the big 12 title. I mean, a rational fan would say, all right, the two teams that beat us are playing for the conference championship. In other words, and on, and, and on the other hand, though, they should have beaten TCU. They had them, and they, they, gun, they gundied it. Multiple possession, second-half lead. They gundied it, and Gundy does this every year, and he does not have a legitimate Big 12 title. He's never won a Big 12 championship game. I don't and know. I, I, I do think that the fan base will be rumbling about Gundy, and I hope they don't fire him because you're not going to find another guy to come in and be better. And kind of like, if not now, when? You know, Spencer Sanders, year five in the program. Oh, yeah. Preseason, first team, all Big 12 quarterback. And like, he's gone. Now they have to rebuild after a disappointing year. Disappointing in, like, in uh, perspective of Big yeah. 12 title aspirations. I'm going to take. I'm going to take Oklahoma State plus six and a half, but I don't I don't know that they'll win. I don't know. Like on one hand, it feels not do or die. They're not going to fire Gundy if they lose this game. But if they do lose this game, it halts all momentum they had as a program. Unless they yeah. somehow sneak into the Big 12 title game with two losses to Texas and TCU, but Texas and TCU are going to be the front runners if they lose this game. Right. And then K-State is still sitting there with one loss. You have to go through them. It's going to be like a okay, well we're we're stagnant as a program type loss, which is that's a tough pill to swallow. So, and it's it's crazy to say after, you know, potentially a, a Big Twelve championship appearance and a, and a nine win season. Yeah, but if 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 Oklahoma State thinks that they're better than that, then who's to say they don't make a move? I mean, doesn't he make? Seven million a year, and he's got a long term. Who do you, who do you go get though, as Oklahoma State? Who who's out there right now? Fickle. I'm not trying to be funny, but I don't think Fickle would. Stoops. Tom Herman. Again, I'm not trying to be funny, but I I that's I agree. I agree. I, I think Tom Herman's a quality Power Five coaching candidate right now, and he knows the conference. Yeah. he recruits Texas. He is going to coach a Big Twelve team in in three years, and that's going to be Arizona State. <sighs> do you, do you pluck a coordinator from the NFL? Right. That that's the whole point. Do you, Matt Rule? If they thought they could get him, would they would they swap? But but if you make that change, you're saying that. What Matt Rule did for one season at Baylor, right, is better than fifteen years. What Gunny's been yeah. doing sustained for a decade and a half. It doesn't make any sense. I also think there's. Um, I think Gundy and the administration have gotten past their differences because there were differences. He was. He almost went to Tennessee, right? Was it Tennessee and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers back in 2011? So. Yeah, he almost parlayed his fake Big 12 championship into an NFL job. But but I, I just I don't think that there's legitimate um anything for Gundy to ever get fired. 
unless a scandal happens or unless they like miss a bowl game next year after Spencer Sanders leaves. Yeah, I don't know. But but I but the fan base will be grumbling. I don't think it'll be legitimate grumbling, but I think the fan base will be persnickety. And he might yell at a reporter. Do you have any prop bets for Texas Tech West Virginia? Um Yes. More passing yards, West Virginia or Texas Tech? Texas Tech. Okay. What do you think? I'd probably agree with you. Texas Tech averages 356 a game. West Virginia averages 300. Okay, what if I gave you Texas Tech minus 50? I'd probably still lean Texas Tech. Okay. Um, Because the West Virginia defense gives up 325. Uh, and the defenses that Texas Tech has played give up 238, um, 295, and 336. But Oklahoma State has played some really good offenses. Will the Texas Tech defense force three turnovers, yes or no? No. I mean, until I see it, no. Okay. Will you win the turnover battle by more than one? Yes or no? Yes. I'll say no. I think it'll be one. We're tied. But even that, I don't feel great about it. So I'll say no on that one. Over or under? Or I guess I'll just phrase this as a question. What would you set the total for snaps taken at quarterback by a quarterback not named Baron Morton? Zero. You'd set it at half? Yeah. And you would take the under? At quarterback, I'd set it at three and take the under. Because I think Donovan might get a, a yeah. red zone or yeah, he'll run the read line. option or something or power. You don't think they'll script a drive for Shuck if he's healthy? I don't think he's healthy. Okay. I, I don't think he's. I, no, I probably agree with you. I think because even when they've had two quarterbacks healthy and they're saying, yeah, they're both going to play. They've it's not, been, yeah, it's been Baron Morton playing tight They've end. not taken more than one yeah. snap. Any other props? Those are the, all, all the ones I could think of off the top of my head. Uh, Tony Mathis averaging 82 <laughs> yards uh, rushing um, in Big 12 play. So if I gave you 82 and a half, would you take the over uh, for Tony Mathis, the running back? 50 attempts, three games, 246 yards. Averages 4.9 a carry. Their starting running back is still out, correct? He got injured versus Texas. Was that Mathis? No, I think his name was Henderson. Yeah, and then Johnson Jr. and and Mathis are the guys playing right now, I believe. Who Who was their bell cow earlier in the season? I don't remember his name. But he got hurt. It was a bad. Yes. Day. Like he was carted yeah. off against yes. Texas. How about a running back over 75 for them? Yeah. What about for Texas Tech? No. Over 50. A running back over 50? Uh-huh. Yeah. They have a pretty good rushing defense. Um but they've also just been in a bunch of shootouts. And I don't know if people are just game planning that their secondary is bad or that they're 
having to because West Virginia's offense also puts pressure on you. Um, in Big 12 play, Creshawn Merriweather averaging 10.7 tackles per game. Solid. Um, does he reach double digits against West Virginia? I'm going to say no because I don't think they're going to run the ball enough. I was going to say the exact same logic. If they're playing from behind as seven-point dogs, he's obviously a better tackler against a run than out in space against receivers after the catch. Because you know Teams like NC State, Kansas State ran the ball a lot on you, and so he was able to rack up tackles like that. I don't think that'll be the case versus West Virginia. In um, conference play, uh, I'm sorry, let me get back there. Back to defense. Uh, interceptions, Kansas has four. Uh, West Virginia has had one interception in Big 12 play. Same as you. It was Baylor, right? Yes. Um. I guess the question. I guess Reggie Pearson was the only one against Texas that that because Agent Martinez didn't throw one. Spencer Sanders didn't throw one. Right. Does JT Daniels throw an interception? Yes or no? I'll say yes. Yeah. And then if you ask me uh, who throws more, I would say JT Daniels. If you gave me a plus point five for Baron Morton, I would probably take it. All right. Score for the West Virginia game. Total 65. I'm blowing past the over. I'll go 38-34. Tech wins. Okay, so I'm not too far past you, but I think Tech scores a little more. West Virginia scores a little less. I was going to say 42-28. You know what? Bear attack. I'm going to say 42-28, and Texas Tech wins and has a statement victory in the Big 12. When was your last double-digit win over a Power 5 opponent or FBS opponent not named Kansas? Uh, last year against Houston. FBS. Okay. Power about, 5, I'm not sure. Power 5. Um, it's a brand-new world, man. It's Joey and not... Uh, West Virginia 2019? Was that more than I think you played West Virginia to one possession in the COVID year? Yes. All, all your wins at home under Matt Wells, I think, were one possession wins against maybe, Big 12 teams. Maybe Oklahoma State in 2019, but they might have cut that to one possession at the Did end. Did that end as a 10 point win? Because they had like an onside kick and then they scored again. So it, 2019 was a 10 point victory. 45-35. What was the score in Morgantown that year? In Morgantown, 38-17. So that was your your so last... 2019. Yeah, your last so th- big That'd win. be a big deal if you won this game by 14 points. In 2020, which... Eh, yeah, it's what it to, is. Hard to put it in there. Uh, you had a 34-27 victory over West Virginia. 
Uh, 24-23 victory over Baylor and a 16-13 victory over Kansas. And then last year, uh, the 17-point victory over Houston. Six-point victory over Stephen Austin. Um, Three over West Virginia. Hammered Kansas and Lawrence in a three-point walk-off kickoff. Uh, Oh, and then uh, the bowl game. Oh, right. 34-7. Okay, yeah. But if I wanted to go, if I wanted to go um long and said double digits regular season, not named Kansas, right? We'd have to go back to 2019. Yes, and it would be Morgantown. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Discord mailbag. You wanted to go um long. Well, that's what he does. So we talked to Cole Roberts and uh, finally got what he did uh, and understood that. Do you have the Discord mailbag? Yeah, I can pull it up. Uh, diversified lenders. Uh, basically, if if you want to know what he did, what he does, and he does it very well, uh, go listen to the interview. You can listen to it by going to uh, patreon.com slash gambling gauchos. Uh, but if you do need um, your invoices purchased or doing some, some payroll management, you can... Call Diversified Lenders or go to diversifiedlenders.com and deal with Red Raiders. Will all three quarterbacks play this weekend? At quarterback? Not specified in the question. Um, no. Agreed. How hard does this staff hit the portal and where is the area of focus? I think we'll get at least one starter on the offensive line. Um, I'm actually pretty happy with Monroe Mills. Um, I think he's played pretty well at right tackle. Uh, fairly happy that, uh, not happy, fairly confident that Cole Spencer makes a difference next year uh, as a medical uh, miracle, six-year senior. Um, and, and I think that having nine sophomores is much better than having nine freshmen, which you'll have next year. Offensive line, speed receiver, linebacker. Assuming you lose Bryce Ramirez, Kosai Eldridge, right. Krishan Merriweather, you need guys at linebacker. Yes. Maybe D-line because you're going to lose Tyree Wilson to the draft. Um, safety, you might lose all three starting safeties. You just don't know who's going to take advantage of that super senior year. Right. So that'll play a role in some of it. But I think O-line, speed receiver, and linebacker are a given. You might also just have a bunch of freshmen playing next year, especially at rece- inside receiver and safety. Can the Texas Tech O-line hold up against West Virginia's defensive front? Yes, though uh, Stills is in like his 17th year, and he's a very good player. Hold up, yes. It's kind of like the Bear yeah. thing. Can they hold up? Yeah. yeah are they going to survive. Are they going to win that battle outright and run the ball for 175 yards? No. Two and, a half, uh, two and a half sacks from West Virginia? Um, I'd go under. I'll take over just on sheer volume. I think you're going to drop back to pass 60 uh, times. 125 yards rushing? Team total? For Texas Tech? Uh-huh. Under. Okay. Using the proponents of due theory, isn't West Virginia technically due a win against Texas Tech? No, because they lead the all-time series. Six to five. Yep. How did TCU hit on all 14 transfers and Tech only hit on like two? Well, I don't I don't think you missed on Cole Spencer. He just got hurt. Um, and 
you went after some offensive linemen real late. Do they have a starting offensive lineman transfer? I don't know. I don't think you went after the same types of transfers. I'll say it that way. Um, but uh, a rate of that is really good. Really good. And that staff had been doing it at SMU for three or four years already. Um, this staff came in and was doing something that they don't normally do. Design your best formation and play that involves all three quarterbacks. Uh, Tyler Shuck starts at quarterback. Barron wide left. Donovan at the H-back. Donovan motions from right to left. Once he's set, Barron comes into running back. Shuck motions to the other H-back. Barron steps over and plays quarterback. Barron is outside wide at at receiver, but he's off the line. Uh So far off the line that he's given a double pass look. Shuck is in the shotgun with Donovan standing next to him as a running back. The ball snapped to Shuck. He gives play action across his face to Donovan. Looks to Barron for the double pass. Pump fakes it. Gets the defense moving that way. And then comes back to Donovan for a screen pass, like a running back screen. To the other way? Yeah. Okay. And then let Donovan get some yaks. Okay. Power rank these three Lubbock Mexican food spots. Start bench cut. Start bench cut. Jalisco's Montelongos Picantes. Ooh. I'm still a little bit uh, upset that Picantes changed their salsa recipe. I used to like it a lot more. It's still really good. Uh, so I think I would. I think I would start Jalisco. I think I would bench Picantes, and that's a rough cut. But I would cut Montelongos. Give, I don't like their chili rianos. Give me Alberons. They're puffy. I like puffy rianos. Okay, now there's a bunch of stuff. I'm trying to actually find questions because yeah. Right. It gets a little crazy in there. Discord mailbag went off the rails. Yeah. Just like us tonight. Yeah. We, hey, stones, glass houses. We're not talking trash, though. Okay. This guy says, I have a theory that animals aren't that tough with adrenaline in the moment, taking myself at minus 110 up to a bear. Now, a rhino or something is different, but mountain lions and stuff are more scared of people than the other way around. Oh, that was me. I said that. <laughs> I said, if you don't think you can kick a bear's ass, you're not an alpha. <laughs> Um, I know one man agrees with that. Somebody said, did you not see the video of the dude rock climbing that got attacked by a small black bear? And I said, I did. Easy money. Yeah, but he had high ground. Okay. Then get not the arguing. high ground. I not mean. arguing. Not arguing. I believe you. Um, now there's a lot of bear and shark discourse. Yeah. Okay. First Sorry, of all, man. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put myself in a situation like, I'm not swimming with sharks. That you know of. I'm not getting in the ocean. Like, a lot of unsuspecting surfers. I'm not surfing. You think I'm surfing? I'm just saying people don't like, hey, I'm going to go out and hang out with the bears today. No, but I'm not saying people. I'm saying me. Okay. I'm not putting myself in a situation to be with a violent animal. My nep- One of my nephews, the idiot one, wants to go uh, hunt alligators. It's like, no. 
Like, I, I understand you're getting into swamp people right now, but we're not doing that. Would okay, you, here's an I might wrestle question. an alligator because they're, like, tame. I had to scroll a lot. Yeah. What do you think is the starting lineup for the first game in Maui? Ooh, Maui, Wowie. Uh, well, we can answer that a lot easier uh, with maybe an expert on the air with us. Phase two? Phase two. Hashtag FM. Um, I will say this. If you know, you know. O'Banner will start. Bacho will start. Harmon will start. I think Jalen Tyson will play the three. Um, if Tyson is not the three, he's the two, and Elijah Fisher starts as the three. Uh, but I think I think Pop Isaacs, uh, they they said that he started in the the scrimmage. I think Pop Isaacs plays the two, and you kind of have a two point guard system. Um, with Harmon and and Pop. Now that's your smallest defensive alignment that Mark Adams has ever seen. Um, but I think you might start that way and try to find these shooters uh, on the outside early. I like that. I think Demarion Williams and Kerwin Walton are going to be similar players. Yeah. I don't think they'll play much together. Yeah. So that you can kind of platoon them. Whoever is kind of ahead in camp might be close to your sixth man with Elijah Fisher. When Fardos comes back, that's when you can have a lot of fun with some of the lineups. And Right. Do you want to play him and Bacho at the same time? Probably not. But if you felt like you had to go big or that you had an advantage, you could. O'Banner at the three would be. But I, I think you're right about the starting lineup. I mean, if you could put all three of those together, oh, the the Obacho AMAC roster, uh, and then with the two point guards, and you're just trying to pick and roll with the two point guards and the two big men, because uh, Fardos can step out and hit them. When do we get to see Kyle run a 40-yard dash? Sunday. Sunday or maybe next week, but soon. Yeah. Somebody's I tried to get him to do it tonight, but he, he's in low first, he says. Yeah, not happening tonight. Um, okay, more Bears discourse. <laughs> okay, that's it. All right. Uh, no, yeah, okay, think, sorry, well, one more. One we could just make it, that's it. That's, Wait, one more. We've done plenty. One more. This is the longest episode we've ever done. Lots of fans rushing fields this year. It seems more than usual, especially a lot of teams seem to be punching up. Is the playing field leveling out with transfer portal and NIL? Obvious evidence is our traditional champions over the past decade losing more than one game in the regular season. We'll also need a larger sample size than what we have. I can't conf- I No. I, yes, no. I don't know. <laughs> uh, is, the, is the playing field leveling out or... Has Dabo lost his edge because Clemson was Clemson for a long time because they had the perfect scenario, uh, and now they don't? Um, I mean, who who else? Oklahoma's lost their edge because the the fans went pissy against uh, Lincoln Riley. And now, listen, Kyle, you can't even wear headphones for two hours and you can beat up a wild animal? I've worn headphones for two hours. But you're like, it's like you're it's maybe two massaging, hours to fight a bear. You're massaging your ears it's over like there. It's like 30 seconds. <laughs> you think you could dispose of a bear in 30 seconds? The guy on the mountain did. Okay. Well, again, high ground. They decide they don't want the action and they leave. It's you not should a big go. Deal. You should watch Revenant. No. I think you. I refuse to. It's a long movie. I don't care. I'm not watching it. But he beats the bear. 
Then where's his skin? Good for him. Yeah. Um. Anyways, I mean, Alabama's still on top. I, I think it's always a funny discourse when people talk about NIL and then they're like, oh, well, the rich schools are just now getting the advantage. It's like, well, not really. They've always had the advantage. I mean, Ole Miss has been 6-0 and a bunch of times, um, so I don't think that's anything new. Right? No, I mean, I think it could. I, I think mean, a kid who gets impatient at a school like A&M or OU comes to Tech, then you get to develop him and play him as sophomore, junior, senior. I do think that helps a program like Tech, but also, like the Techster alluded to, it hasn't been in place long enough to really draw that conclusion. I think there's there's a bigger difference in the world today at the top programs because of the transfer portal and not because of NIL. Right now. In five years, that could be different. Yeah. Final thoughts? John Denver was a Red Raider. Kyle could kick a bear's ass. And I can run a 44740. 447. Hand timed by. A coach who was not good at hand timing people. There's gonna be a lot of controversy if I hand time you. People are gonna think I juiced it for you. If it's like five oh one, we're. Do you remember when Jakeem, re-racking them and going again? Do you remember when Jakeem Grant ran the the four one seven? Yeah, and people were like pa- pausing the film. Yeah, they're going like Zapruder on it. Yeah, yeah. I think we might have some of that uh, when we put it out. The Lubbockist is gonna do some heavy, intensive film study on you. How should I respond to this? We put out our tears of Big 12 fans an hour ago during this episode. Yeah, we're still on air. My friends back in Austin that are tech... This is a UT fan. Uh My my friends back in Austin that are tech alum are tier one. Since moving here outside the Lubbock area two years ago, y'all are some of the biggest a-holes I've ever met. Should I say cry more? Say that again? This is a UT fan. In the mentions. Yeah. Okay. My friends back in Austin that are tech alums are tier one. Good fans. Right. Since moving here outside the Lubbock area two years ago, so since you moved to the High Plains, y'all are some of the biggest a-holes I've ever met. Can I see who it is? Yeah. Do you have a name? Yeah. Juan Blanco. Oh, okay. I think he actually writes for a site that covers Big 12 sports, which is an interesting strategy to go call fans... A-holes. Yeah. And I censored that. I'm going to tell him to cry more. Okay. Do you still have your John Mayer bit that... Yeah. I'll just post that. All right. That's really funny. (laughs) Patting myself on the back there. Yeah, you love that. Now he's going to be like, see, that's I told you. You guys are so mean to us. Right. I'm sure you've never... You jumped, dude. UT fans have never egged this on in any way. They've never been insulting to Lubbock or Texas Tech. Ever. Um, well, if we talk for 60 more seconds, we can cross the two hour mark. No, let's let wrap right. it up. Country roads. Take me home. Love y'all. Almost heaven, West Virginia, Blue Ridge mountains, Shenandoah river. Life is old there. Older than the trees, younger than the mountains, growing like a breeze. Country roads, take me home to the place.